Well, good morning, everyone. Uh, it was about, I want to say, three or four years ago. Um, we were we were in like in a staff meeting. We were talking about Christmas time and what Christmas is going to look like, and um, we were discussing some things that we did and that we used to do and that we that we should do and what are we like what are some of the things that we did in the past. And I can't remember if it was Pastor Dan or Pastor Mark. Uh, it was probably Pastor Mark. Now that I'm thinking about it. Um, we were talking about, they were talking about how at one time at West Hill, they used to send out a Christmas card. And they would take a picture of the staff, everyone would get together, and we would send out a card to, to members and followers just saying Merry Christmas and, and, you know, just something nice for the season. So we decided, hey, that's what we're going to do. We are going to start doing that again. We're going to start sending out this, this Christmas card. And so um, Patty, who was our uh, office administrator, she was like, hey, we're going we're gonna to pick a day. This is the day we're going to take our Christmas picture. Make sure that you wear your Christmas clothes. And my first thought was, what's Christmas clothes? Uh, I wasn't sure what she meant. I was a little nervous that meant some kind of hideous sweater, um, some colors that just don't go well with my skin tone. And so I was nervous. And so I went into her office and I was like, hey, what is Christmas clothes? She said, like, make sure you wear your Christmas cl- colors. I was like, what, what's, what is Christmas colors? And she said, you know, reds and greens. And I was okay, and is that it? And she said, you know, sometimes gold. It's like, I'm not wearing gold. <laughs> Silver. She said, oh, and also black. And I was like, yes, let's go. <laughs> yes. So I was relieved to know that I was, a, I was allowed to wear my Christmas black, which is what I have on today, by the way. Um, and so, so we, 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 we took this picture, and it, and it was, it was fun, and we sent it out, and I think the year after that, we, we did something funny, like, we, we all wore, you know, some, some things, or we did some, some funny things, and we sent it out, and some of you know what I'm talking about, because you got, you got that card, and so it got me thinking during this time, I was like, you know, what, what are we going to talk about? What, what is going to be our, our Christmas series? Just as an insider tip, most pastors, not all, most pastors, we, we get nervous when we have to talk about things inside a theme like this. Uh, I know I do, and because I don't like to have to come up with something, I just like to open my Bible and let's just teach us. Oh, what are we, we going to talk about? And this whole Christmas clothes thing came to my mind, and just like, how do we, how do we look? How do we, how do we present ourselves given a certain time? So today, our text is going to be Colossians chapter 3, so you can go, go and turn to, to that section of Scripture and we're going to talk about what Paul talks about in reference to how we should clothe ourselves, what we should put on, what we should wear. Now, look, there's no, it's no secret. You may not know this because most of you only see me in one major area, which is here at the church. But I love fashion. Um, I particularly love um, foot fashion. In other words, shoes. It's one of my passions. And um, I'm always looking at, you know, what... What, 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 what's trending, you know, what's, what's going on in the fashion world, because I, I like it. Um, I like shopping. I know that's not normal for a lot of guys, but I'm one of those guys that I, I love shopping. I don't, I don't do anything. Other, I, I shop almost every day. And shopping doesn't mean buying. It just means looking, okay? So that's what I say to my wife. She's like, what are you doing? I was like, I'm just looking. I'm just, I'm just looking. And so, so this definitely resonated with me when I, when I started to think about what portion of scripture we're going 
we're going to walk through. This is really interesting. Paul, when he wrote this portion of Scripture, he knew exactly who he was talking to when he wrote this, when he wrote this letter. Because the church at Colossae, they were obsessed with clothes. Did you know this? They were obsessed with it. Here is why. Because the city of Colossae, also Laodicea and Heropolis, all three of these places, they were at the forefront of the textile industry. They were at the forefront of the clothing industry for the time, if you will. In fact, there is a particular red, a particular stain of red that they put on clothes that actually started in Colossae and it became synonymous with that city. And so they were very obsessed with their textile industry because it brought them a lot of health, it brought them a lot of wealth, it helped to grow the city. So when Paul, when he, when he sat down, he's like, hey, you know, I need to talk to these people about what they need to take off and what they need to put on, he actually uses words that was synonymous with clothing. He said, hey, you need to take this jacket off because that isn't going to be, that's not going to cut it, and you need to put this other one on. Even though you may not be in love with fashion, or that may not be your thing, all of us in the room, we know the importance of having the right outfit on. All of us know this, right? It's your, you're going in for a job interview, you want to make sure I have the right thing on. You're meeting your girlfriend's parents for the first time. I want to make sure that I present myself a certain way. It's my first day on the job. I want to make sure that I, I look a certain way. I'm, I'm playing a special in, during the church service. I want to make sure that I look a certain way. Why is this important? Because it, tells, it's, it sends a message. It says something to the person who was looking. It says to you, I have confidence. I'm comfortable with who I am. I'm comfortable with what I have on. What I have on is a representation of where I am, of what I'm going to do, of how I'm going to present myself. So Paul says to the church, and he's saying to us, hey, we need to make sure your outfit is correct. So this Christmas season, I want us to have this in our minds. Don't just confine it to Christmas, but think about it even beyond that. But for the season, I want us to make sure that our outfits are correct. Paul wants us to make sure that we have on the right thing. Because when you have on the right thing, it sends, and for us as believers, it should send the right message. So as we dive into this portion of Scripture, that's the context with which I want us to think about this. Do we have on the right thing? So let's take a look at this. Uh, We have two portions. They're both out of Colossians 3. I think in order for us to, to, to understand the impact of the main text, we have to look at this first little section because it tells us, it reminds us where we get the ability to do this from. Because you and I, we are followers of Christ. So if you are willing and able, please stand with me as we read this portion of Scripture. The first section is Colossians 3. We're going to read verse 1 through 4, and then we're going to drop down to verse 12 and read the rest of it. Colossians 3, 1 says, If then you have been raised with Christ, seek the things that are above where Christ is, seated at the right hand of God. Set your minds on things that are above, not on the things that are on earth. For you have died, for you have died, and your life is hidden. It's hidden with Christ in God. When Christ, who is your life, appears, then you also will appear with him in glory. This is where we have the ability to do What comes next? Look at verse 12. 
put on then, okay, just for context, after that, after verse 4, excuse me, 5 through 12, he talks about what to take off. Again, he literally uses words that talk about garments, okay? So he says, take these things off or put to death, put them away, and then let's look at verse 12. He says, put on then as God's chosen ones, holy and beloved, compassionate hearts, kindness, humility, meekness, and patience, bearing with one another, and if one has a complaint against another, forgive each other as the Lord has forgiven you. So you also must forgive. And above all these, put on love, which binds everything together in perfect harmony. And let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts, to which indeed you were called in one body. And be thankful that the word of Christ dwell in you richly, teaching and admonishing one another in all wisdom, singing psalms and hymns and spiritual songs with thankfulness in your hearts to God. And whatever you do in word, or deed, do everything in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through him. You may, you may have a seat. Lord, we pray that you would uh, just guide and direct our conversation today. We pray that you would, um, you would convict us, that we would hear directly from you. We would respond appropriately. We love you. In your name I pray. Amen. Paul tells us to put on then compassion kindness, humility, gentleness, patience, forbearance, forgiveness, and love. This morning, we're going to talk about the first four that's mentioned. I'm going to give you a heads up. When we leave here today, you may need to check your outfit. It doesn't look right. You got the wrong shirt on with the wrong pants, and I don't even want to talk about the shoes. It's not right. And Paul is saying we need to make some changes if we're going to have an impact on the world because of who we are, right? So let's take a look at this list. The first one is compassion. Put on then compassion. The Greek word that Paul uses here is, and it means to have pity. It means to feel the distress or suffering of others. It means to help and comfort. In short, it means to show mercy. It means to show mercy. It means to feel Compassion is a, is a deep feeling. It means to feel. That's the Greek word that he uses. So compassion has three parts. Part number one is we need to recognize the hurt or hurting people. Recognize hurt or hurting people. This is, this is vital to compassion. Recognize hurt or hurting people. You will be in an arena. You will be around someone during this Christmas time where compassion is necessary. You have to put this on recognize the hurt and hurting people. The second part to compassion is we need to feel pity for them. Feel pity for them. Part one is recognize the hurt and hurting people. Part two is feel pity for them. Most of us, that's where we stop. We stop right there. Oh, I see you're hurting. I feel sorry for you. What's the next thing on the agenda? That's where we stop. But the third part is very important. We need to do something about it. We have to do something about it, help others with their hurt. That's why compassion is compassion. So we recognize the hurt, we feel pity for them, and we do something about it. I want to read to you a quote from William Barclay. He wrote this in 1936. He says, the Christian, then, is to be a man of pity, a man who cannot see suffering or need 
or distress without a, without a sword of grief and pity piercing his own heart. There can be no more complete opposites than callousness and Christianity. There can be no more complete opposite than callousness and Christianity. He says the Christian is a man of pity who sees something, sees hurt, and does something about it. Paul says, put on compassionate hearts. 2 Corinthians uh, 1, 3, and 4 says, blessed be the, the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of mercies and God of all comfort, who comforts us in our afflictions so that we may be able to comfort those who are in any affliction. Remember, we read the first portion of, of Colossians 3. This is where we get the ability to do this from. God comforts us. He teaches us how to do that. We have the ability to comfort others. That's the definition of compassion. The rest of the verse says, with, all, with the comfort with which we ourselves are comforted by God. Matthew 9, 35 and 36 says, And Jesus went throughout the cities and villages, teaching in their synagogues and proclaiming the gospel of the kingdom and healing every disease and every affliction. When he saw the crowds, he had compassion for them. When he saw them, he had compassion for them because they were harassed and helpless like sheep without a shepherd. He saw them and had compassion for them. Mark 1.41 says, Moved with pity, he stretched out his hand and touched him and said, I will be clean. Moved with pity. Do you have on compassion? Do you have a compassionate heart? Christmas time is a time where it's easy for us to be selfish. It's very easy to be selfish. Do you have a compassion for others? Do you have compassion for others? Do you have a compassionate heart? Godly compassion feels the needs of others. Christ-like behavior means we are moved and we seek to help. We are moved and we seek to help. So the first article of clothing that we need to put on this Christmas time and all the times after is a compassionate heart. Number two, kindness. Paul uses a word here that tells us to act. Kindness isn't just a thought. This is an action. To do means, and kindness means to, to do and to show mercy. And there's a word that's used that means also means showing niceness. So kindness is an action. It means to show and to do. This kindness, or kindness in general, this is not subjective or partial, by the way. You and I, we have selective kindness. We pick and choose who we're kind with. We pick and choose who we're kind to. Paul is saying for us who have been renewed, who have, who have, who have a new way, we've put off the old self. Part of the old self is selective kindness. Selective kindness and selective niceness, if you will, that's, that's for a non-believer. Believers, we are kind. We're kind to everyone. Kindness is not subjective or partial. Paul tells us to put on all forms of kindness for everyone. 
This means showing mercy and doing good even when we don't think it's deserved. It means showing mercy and doing good even when we don't think it's deserved. This is the exact type of kindness that God shows us. This is difficult. It's difficult to show kindness to everyone. Here's why, because we like others who are like us. If I'm walking, if I'm walking somewhere and I see someone else who has on the same or similar pair of shoes that I do, I'm already, I already like them. I'm like, I like those. This, this is nice. I was out the other day and Jessica and I were having breakfast and the, the guy said, hey, I really like you. And he stated what shoes I had on and I immediately went, okay, first of all, this guy knows what he's talking about because not everybody knows what these are. And we were in Wayne County. We weren't somewhere other than where we are. And so, so immediately, and my, she is so funny. She knew right away that I was going to be tempted to stand there and talk to him for 10 minutes. She, she literally grabbed my arm. She was like, come on, let's go. Let's go. I was like, well, wait, hold on. I was like, so uh, what do you know about these? And he's like, well, I know. She's like, come on. And we were in line to pay. And she's like, people are behind us. I was like, they can wait. I got a, I got a fellow sneakerhead here, like, in Wayne County. This, is not, this doesn't happen to me every day. And so it's easy for us to, to be drawn to people that we like. It's easy for us to be kind to those that we that we appreciate. It's easy for us to be kind to those that we think are deserving of it, but that's not what Paul calls us to do. Titus 3, 4, and 6 says, but when the goodness and loving kindness of God, our Savior, appeared, he saved us. Not because of works done by us in righteousness, but according to his own mercy, by the washing of regeneration and renewal of the Holy Spirit, whom he poured out on us richly through Jesus Christ, our Savior. God did that to us who he poured out richly on us, the undeserving. Kindness means to show. It means to act. It's not selective. It's not partial. Do you have on the right article of clothing? Do you have on compassionate hearts? And do you have kindness? Next. Paul says, Look at verse 12, it says, Put on then as God's chosen ones, holy and beloved, compassionate hearts, kindness, and humility. And humility. Humility may be one of the hardest things to wear. Because it's, it's kind of hard to determine sometimes, am I, being, am I being humble? And although humility in this, in this text if we look at the word, if you do the study of the word humility in this text, it means lowliness of mind. That's what it means. It means lowliness of mind. And even though that's what it means, it doesn't mean weakness. I think we think that humility means to be, to be weak. It means to, to, to wither. That's not what it means. In fact, for us as believers, humility is a superpower. Humility is a superpower. Everyone in this room has some article of clothing that when you put it on, you know that you are beaming with confidence. I don't care if you go on to church service, if you go on to a job interview. As long as I have my power jacket on, it's about to be on. Let's go. Got the power jacket on. Some of you have a power tie. I don't have a power tie. Sorry. Some of you, I do have power shoes. You're right. Some of you, I heard that. All of us, we have something that when we put it on, we're like, this is... I, 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 I feel it now. This, this is it. I'm, I, have, I am beaming with confidence because I have this particular thing on. For us as believers, that should be humility. 
I have it. I have the appropriate type of humility. It doesn't make me weak. It actually strengthens me. This is a vital part of our outfit. Pride seeks to hurt, and pride is not a peacemaker. Humility is a peacemaker. So think about this. No wonder it's a, power, it's a, it's a powerful thing. It's a power move, if you will. The thing that is going to make peace, that's going to bring people together, the thing that's going to bond us together, that's humility. Humility is the antidote to pride, which shows us its level of potency. As I was studying this, I literally wrote this in short. I said, humility equals strength. I wrote that down in my notes. If you're taking notes, write that down. Humility equals strength. So naturally, I had to find scripture that supported this. Psalm 51, 17 says, the sacrifices of God are a broken spirit and a broken and contrite heart. Oh, God, you will not despise. A broken and contrite heart. Humility. 1 Peter 5, 5 says, Likewise, you who are younger, be subject to the elders. Clothe yourselves, all of you. Clothe yourselves, all of you, with humility toward one another. That's 1 Peter 5, 5. And then it goes on to say, for God opposes the proud but gives grace to the humble. God opposes the proud but gives grace to the humble. It's no secret that during Christmas time, extra grace for a lot of us is needed for a variety of reasons. You want it? Humble yourself. James 4, 6 says, but he gives more grace. Therefore, he says, God opposes the proud, but gives grace to the humble. Says it again. Humility is a powerful thing for us to have. Paul says, clothe yourself with this. Make sure that this is a part of your outfit. Micah 6, 8, he has told you, O man, what is good and what does the Lord require of you but to do justice and to love kindness and to walk humbly with your God. Walk humbly with your God. I love this next one, Isaiah 66, 2. All these things my hand has made, and so all these things come to be, declares the Lord. But this is the one whom I will look. He who is humble, he who is humble and contrite in spirit and trembles at my word. God dwells with and greatly values humility. He dwells with and greatly values those who are humble. He loves and walks with the humble. He empowers those of us who are humble. God exalts and uses the humble. He gives them grace. For each of us, there, are, there should be times where you recognize what behavior you should have in your humility. And one of mine is to not talk and to listen well. That's just me. And every time that I, every time that that thought enters my mind, every time that the, the Lord says, hey, Cedric, just close your mouth and listen, pay attention, that level of humility, it 
almost every time gives me the level of grace that I need for any particular situation. doesn't matter what it is. Paul says, do you have on humility? Have you clothed yourself with, with humility? I think this is a good time to, to take a, look, a quick look, a quick peek at the previous list. Look at verse 5. It says, put to death, therefore, what is earthly in you. Uh, what's earthly in us, by the way, is not humility. That doesn't exist apart from, apart from God. That's not, that's, that's not what's, that doesn't exist apart from God. It says sexual immorality, impurity, passion, evil desire, and covetousness, which is idolatry. Six says, on account of these, the wrath of God is coming. Seven, in, in these you two once walked. Look at verse eight. But now you must put them all away, anger, wrath, malice, slander. That's the opposite of humility. He said, put those things away. Take those off. Put these on. The last one for this week is gentleness or meekness. Gentleness slash meekness, if you're taking notes. Similar to humility, we often confuse gentleness and meekness with weakness. This is not a weakness. The Greek word here that Paul uses, um, it's actually a feminine word, but here's what this word, where he says, where he says kindness, humility, and meekness, literally that word meekness, this is what it translates to. It translates to strength used with finesse. That's what it means. Strength used with finesse. Write that down. Strength used with finesse. Or, the way I like to think about it, it's strength used with my God-given power and my Christ-likeness. Paul tells us to take off anger, wrath, malice in verse 9 and exchange them for gentleness because similar to humility, remember we said humility equals strength, gentleness produces greatness. Gentleness produces greatness. Now, I, I don't, I don't, just, just follow me for a moment. This isn't just to, this is, like I'm kind of finger pointing, but just, just hear me out. Um, I've noticed in my own life, and I've noticed in the life of other men, that gentleness is something that we don't have enough of. So for a moment, I want to talk to all the men in the room. And you can put it in any context you want. Clothing, Christmas time, not Christmas time. It doesn't really matter because we need this in droves. Gentleness and meekness. The Bible is pretty clear. It says, especially for us as husbands, it says, live with your wives in an understanding way. I typically like to stop there, but that's not where it stops. It says, and don't be harsh with them. It has always perplexed me that that's in there. Always. It also says, fathers, don't provoke your children to wrath. That's perplexing to me. Don't say nothing about mothers, just as fathers. It doesn't say wives live with your husbands in an understanding way. It says husbands live with your wives in an understanding way and don't stress them out. Be gentle with them. That's what it says. And I've noticed that this is something that we do not do a good job at. In fact, I've had people try to argue with me that because we are men, that we have the ability to be rough and tough even when it isn't called for. That's not what the scripture says. That's not what it says. It says for us to be gentle. Gentleness 
equals greatness. Naturally, in my sinful and stubborn self, I had to put this to the test. And every time that I don't do what the scripture says in reference to gentleness, I hurt the people around me. Every time. Men, women, children, everyone around me gets hurt. Because Paul says, take off slander, wrath, anger, and slander. Most of us as men, because of for whatever reason, because we feel like we might have been dealt a bad hand or whatever, I don't know, you know, you know how we think as men. For whatever reason, we feel like we have the right to walk around edgy and angry and wrathful and, and, and full of malice all the time. And if you are the kind of man that I am, I'm like, look, I've earned my anger. I've earned the right to be edgy. I'm a pastor. Are you serious? I've earned the right to be, to be edgy and be fiery with what I say. I've earned that right. That's, how, that's what we think. But the Bible does not condone that behavior. It says that we need to be we need to be gentle. So as an extra credit, if you will, you guys know I love giving out extra credit. As an extra task, if you will, men, take, take this season to make it, you know, I'm going to start now by working on my gentleness. With your words, with your actions, also with your facial expression. Yeah, why am I saying that? Because I get that all the time in my house. I'm like, what are you talking about? I'm fine. My wife is like, not that face. Your words were gentle, and your body posture might have been gentle, but that look on your face says something exact opposite of gentleness. Your words, your actions, your facial expression, your posture, especially during Christmas time. Just be patient. Be gentle. Be meek. Pump the bricks. Relax. Memorize some prayer. Do whatever you have to do, because God calls us to be gentle. All right, that's enough beating up on the men. Oh, by the way, if you are friends with another man in the room, uh, I just gave you as my pastoral right to hold them accountable to their, gent- to their gentleness. And so um, if you see another man not being gentle, you have the right to call him out. Let's see what the Bible says about this. Psalm 18.35 says, You have given me the shield of your salvation, and your right hand supported me, and your gentleness made me great. That's Psalm 18.35. Your gentleness made me great. Galatians 6.1 says, Brothers, if anyone is caught in any transgression, you who are spiritual should restore him in a spirit of gentleness. That's basically what I just told you to do with, with your man friends. Restore him in a spirit of gentleness. Keep watch on yourself lest you be tempted. That's Galatians 6.1. Ephesians 4.2, with all humility and gentleness, with patience, bearing with one another in love, that should be our posture. That's what we need to put on. Philippians 4.5, let your reasonableness be known to everyone. The Lord is at hand. Let your reasonableness be known to everyone. So next week, we're going to pick up where we left off, and we're going to look at the other four. So between this week and next week, you are responsible for reading this entire text, which is Colossians chapter 3. You will be responsible for praying and asking God, like, Lord, help, help, help mold me and show me in the areas of my life where these things don't exist. On top of that, chances are, 
in your obedience, you're going to be one of these things. You're going to put on this article of clothing. You're going to swap out, you're going to swap out anger for gentleness. You're going to swap out malice for compassion. You're going to swap out, I don't see anybody else other than myself for kindness and meekness and compassion. And chances are someone's going to see it and ask you about it. For the love of God, don't say, oh yeah, I'm just a better person than you. Don't do that. When someone asks you about it, when someone sees it, you say, you know what? I've been convicted by the word of God and I'm, and I, I'm putting on what God has told me to put on. Your wife is going to say, hey, I noticed you've been, you've been nicer. Is that because of what Pastor Cedric said? Yeah, it's partially because of what he said. But what he said, because of what the scripture said, convicted me and that's why I'm doing it. Not because he said it, but because the scripture says it. Don't take the credit away from God. Here's why. Because when you have on the right thing, when you have these things on, people are going to notice. They're going to see it. And it's part of our responsibility to show them that this exists. I put this on because of my relationship with God. So as we leave here, as we close, I want to give you an opportunity to make this commitment. Look, this isn't, this isn't a new portion of Scripture. We've heard this before. We've heard lessons taught out of this before. But we just got lazy. We forgot. We, be, we became relaxed and complacent. And so this morning, I want to give us some time as I close in prayer for us to recommit to doing this. Say, Lord, I'm going to I'm go use the visual. I, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to change, change my clothes. I'm going to put on the right article of clothing. I'm going to wear the right thing so that when I walk into the room, literally and figuratively, people know that I'm dressed like you. I have on what you told me to put on. There's no secret that person is a Christ follower. There's no secret that that, that person got their clothes from the right place. Let's pray. Lord, we're thankful for for the Bible. We're thankful for its simplicity. We're thankful for its clarity. Um, it's so easy for us to just read through this list and feel, feel good about it in the moment or treat it as a, yeah, I should probably do that from time to time. We really pray that this would be convicting for us. We pray that even such a simple but powerful visual of taking off or putting to death certain behavior and putting on the ones that, that, are, that are attached to you, that we have the ability to put them on because we have died to ourselves and we, we now have a relationship with you. We pray that we would, we would take this portion of Scripture seriously. Pray for every single one of us in the room that is a follower of you, that we would we see the importance of, of this not just at Christmas time, but, but all the time. We pray that we would uh, give you credit when, it's, when people see our reasonableness. We pray that we would use those times to, to share the truth of who you are with others. And pray spe- specifically for, for us as men, uh, just in the area of, of gentleness. It's so easy for us to to not behave that way. It's so easy for us to, to make excuses. We pray that you would just convict us, that we would uh, let our words be seasoned with salt, that we would 
um, know when to speak and when not to speak, that we would have the right attitude, that we would have an attitude that, that shows the world that even though we w- were made a certain way, that we have the ability to, to be strong even inside the um, meekness and, and gentleness. I thank you so much for just the opportunity to, to read your word out loud, to learn from it, to encourage others to its truth. We love you, we thank you, and in Jesus' name I pray, amen.